Morning. How's everybody doing? So Cam Cambodia. Cameroon. Does anybody know how you carve a stick? Whittle by whittle. I got a laugh out of it. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> they don't know what a sense of humor is. So Paul is up here. He is critiquing your sense of humor because you laughed at that. Just letting you know. <laughs> Excuse me. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's go to uh, Matthew 17, and I'm going to begin, and I... I I'm going to get into this, and, and I, I believe, I believe with everything that's in me that if, if this, I've been looking at this for about a week and a half now, so if we get a hold to the concept, and it's not going to be anything new, I think I've actually talked about it here before, but if we can get a hold to this concept that uh, we're about to talk about this morning, uh, I believe it will take the shackles off of what's holding you back in your walk with God. As far as the experiencing the fullness of what he has for you. The fullness of his presence, the fullness, like Paul was saying, of his grace, the fullness of the, the financial, uh, uh, the financial uh, blessing that he wants to put upon your life, the fullness of your healing that you need to walk in, the fullness of the completeness of your family that you're looking for, I just think that if we can get a, a hold to the concept we're going to talk about this morning, that, that the, the floodgates of heaven are going to open up on you to where you can actually begin to properly walk out everything that God has for you. So I'm excited about this morning, uh, and I want you to be excited with me, because if you're not, I'll just shut it down real quick. We'll go home and get something to eat, okay? Anyway, Matthew 17, this is verse 14. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, talking about Jesus, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. And so Jesus answered to him and he said, he, he answered to all of them and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon that was in the kid, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. And then the disciples came to Jesus privately. Now this is afterwards. and said, Lord, why is it that we could not cast it out? And Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will, will move, and nothing shall be impossible for you. Go to verse 21. I didn't tell you to do it, but can you put 21 in there for me? He said, nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So the story is, is that Jesus has come into this place, and this dude has a kid that's got problems demon-possessed, and the demon throws him in the water and in the fire from time to time. And the disciples had tried to cast this thing out. Now, let's keep in mind that this is after 
Luke chapter 10 and 8, where Jesus has anointed the disciples to go out and cast out demons in his name. This is after that spot. This is after Jesus ordained them and said, go use my name. If you remember in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, they say, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. So they had already experienced the process of casting this demon out of these kids, this kid or anything like this. All right, They had already experienced this process. However, this time, when they came to this process and came to this kid, they, nothing, the disciples could not... Uh, uh, free the kid. Are y'all with me? Y'all following me here? Let's, um, Charles, take us to, to uh, Mark 9. I think it's Mark 9. The same story is told by Mark. Um, Mark chapter 9, verse 14. And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Verse 15, immediately whenever they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him and greeting him. And he asked the scribes, what are we discussing with them? And then one of the crowd answered him and said, teacher, I brought to you my son who has a mute spirit and wherever it ceases, it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams at the mouth and gnashes at teeth and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they would cast it out, but they could not. And so Jesus answered and said, oh, faithless generation. Does this all sound familiar, doesn't it? Faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. And when they brought him to him, he saw him, and immediately the spirit convulsed in him, and he fell on the ground and wallered and foamed at the mouth, right there in front of Jesus. And, the father, and, and he asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he's thrown him both into the fire and the water to destroy him. But if you could do anything, have upon us and help us. And Jesus said, if you could believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And immediately the father of the child cried out with, with tears and said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And I'm going I'm to stop right there. The, the demon eventually is cast out. The difference between the two, the two accounts of this same story that jumps out to me that I kind of take a look at are the disciples and the guy. All right, these are the people that Jesus is talking to. Now, in one of them, he tells the disciples, you know, they were like, why couldn't we cast it out? And he looks at the disciples and he says, because of your unbelief. But he looks at the man and the man said, that he said, Lord, if you could do anything, the, man, the man's talking to Jesus, Lord, if you can do anything, have mercy upon my son. And Jesus looked at the man and said, if you can believe, because all things are possible to him that believes. And the man said, Lord, I believe, but you got to help my unbelief. So you see that the disciples did not catch on to what Jesus was wanting to teach them today. And at this spot, this spot, the disciples missed it, but the guy got it. He knew what Jesus was talking about. He said, Lord, I believe, but you got to help me with my unbelief. Would you go back to uh, Matthew, please? So what I'm saying here is, is it, and Matthew brings it out so much better than Mark did. If we go back to Matthew... I'm sorry to teach y'all so much, but we really got, I want you to grab this concept before I move forward with it. Y'all with me, everybody? Good. Nobody's hurting, right? Verse 20, if you would. So Jesus said to them, they asked him, why couldn't we do this? The disciples are talking. And Jesus said, because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, move from here and there, and it will, be, it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. 
Here's the deal, y'all. We, we, have a, we have an idea in the church today, and especially in faith-filled, Bible-believing churches just like ours, that we need more faith to make a thing happen. That you just don't have enough faith. Something's not taking place and you just don't have enough faith. You just don't seem to have enough faith. And that's where we go. And we feel like that we need to have more faith and more faith and more faith and more faith and more faith. And at times, I'm not going to sit here and be silly. At times, there is a problem with faith. But if you think about the first day that you decided to make Jesus the Lord of your life, how much time had you spent learning about faith? How much time? Had you spent at a church service to grasp the idea and the complexities of walking out and the just shall live by faith? How long did you spend on that? No time at all. The, the greatest miracle that's ever happened to you and will ever happen to you took place because you had mustard seed faith and you believed. And that impossible situation that, that, that situation of you not being able to make it to heaven, you not being good enough to be able to grasp heaven, me not being able to good enough to step into the pearly gates, that impossible situation was immediately changed with a mustard seed faith. A small little smidgen of faith to say, yeah, I believe this stuff. And then immediately whenever we believed it, we prayed a prayer. And in that prayer, we asked Jesus to be the Lord of our life and a mansion was built in heaven on that day for you. The Bible says that he builds mansions for you to live in. They're prepared for you. He prepares a place for those of us that will accept him. He builds that mansion and says, yes, we're ready for you to move in, but I got work for you to do on the earth before you get here. But our salvation is clear. It's clean. He's made a way. We, I think in, in prayer this morning, they talked about sozo, that the, 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 the fullness of salvation has stepped in. The complete work of Jesus Christ took place in you at that point, and you knew nothing about faith. You didn't know anything about it. Not a thing. Are y'all with me? Everybody here? Megan, I need you. Can I ask you to come up here, please? So I, wanna, I want to point out, sorry, camera person, I want to point out to everybody what's happening here. Would you grab a chair, please? I'm working her to death. Let's put it up here. You want to? All right. Just stand right there. Wave at everybody. Y'all see Megan right here? She's a sweet lady. Works really hard back there in the children's ministry. Very, very rarely do we get to see her and Stephen in here because they're, they're always working so hard and doing that. So thanks to her and Stephen for their hard work, right? So, uh, ooh, you got an applause. Way to go. So I want to bring the light and I want to show you how this works. Can y'all see past the pulpit? Is the pulpit in the way? All right, this is the simple concept that I want to bring, in, bring to light, and I, I certainly hope this does it for you. This chair represents a mountain, 100% mountain. Whatever mountain is in your life, whatever thing in your life that's coming together that's, that's 
that's, that's holding you back from experiencing the fullness of what God has for you, that mountain <coughs> is right here. Are y'all with me? Now, Megan represents mustard seed faith. I'm not being silly, but you know, you know, you're not like this big, huge person, right? You know, she's a little shorter than I am. She's definitely skinnier than I am, okay? So I need the mountain removed out of my life is what I need. I want the mountain gone. Y'all get it? This is the mountain right here. So I need my mustard faith seed to move the mountain. Would you move the mountain? Wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait just a second. However, I've, I've been around some religious people recently, and uh, I've been watching an awful lot of news, and I'm definitely on social media just about every second of my life. Whenever I'm not looking at something else, I'm looking at that. And this thing, these things in my life have started to creep in a little bit. Casey, will you come up here, please, sir? These things in life have started to creep in. Have a seat. Just sit down. In my life, to make it, you know, to, 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 to enter in with a, with a little concept. Jesus said it, you couldn't do it because of your what? What did he say? Unbelief. That's what Casey is. Mike Stanland. Will you come up here also? So not only do I have this unbelief coming in my life, I've also been letting the media and all of that get my brain off, and I've actually let a little bit of sin come in as well, which is Michael, and I just love just doing this to him. Can he sit in your lap? Is that okay? Let's, let's let him sit in your lap. Just right there. Just, just have a seat right there on that knee. Okay, so y'all are getting the concept here. Now... All I want to do, all I want to do is I want to move this mountain out of my life. I need this mountain gone. Now, as long as I have mustard seed faith, I can. I can move the mountain all day because all it takes is just a little bit of mustard seed faith. The trick is, is to keep unbelief out of my life. I got to keep unbelief out of my head. I got to keep it out of my life. I got to keep it out of my vernacular. I shouldn't even be talking about the stuff coming out of my mouth because if I talk about these things and I allow these things to take up my thought life and I don't take the time to get rid of unbelief in my life, my mustard seed, would you please move that chair now? My mustard seed faith is doing this. Go ahead and move it. Let's, let's move it. Oh, I believe in God. I believe in God. Oh, I believe in God. My mountain's going to move any day now. <laughs> I appreciate y'all. Thank you, guys. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. God, my mountain's moving. My mountain's moving. And the whole time that we're saying these things and we're walking out this faith walk, we've got this unbelief that is built up on the, just built up in the way. Let's go back to Mark chapter nine. Are y'all following me here? Let's go back to Mark chapter 9 at the beginning of it there, Charles. If you take a look at Mark 19, or excuse me, Mark 9 and verse 14. When he came to the disciples, Jesus had not been around the disciples, okay? They were performing miracles on their own. So he was like, all right, y'all got that? I'm going to go over here and do something else. All right, that's what was happening here. And so Jesus, whenever he comes back to the disciples, he saw a great multitude with them, and the scribes were disputing with them. 
So let's, let's get a picture of what's going on. The disciples have already cast out demons before. They've healed the sick before. They now have this child that's in front of them that, I mean, whenever it got in front of Jesus, it was writhing and foaming at the mouth. It's kind of a big deal. It's kind of a, a, spe- a spectacle going on. And people are watching what's happening to wait and see if something's going to take place. And the scribes, who were the church folk at the time, are there arguing with and waiting to see what's going to happen. So in this instance, you could just imagine the pressure that the disciples may have been under from all of these people looking at them and all this circumstance around, and they start thinking in their puny little heads, I wonder if it's really going to happen. Because I done told everybody, and we done got up here in front of everybody, and we're trying to show what's happening. I'm wondering if this thing's really going to happen. Are y'all with me? And so the disciples keep going. Let's go to 15, 16. The disciples had the scribes had been discussing with them what was going on. So not only did they have people looking at them and letting people and the circumstances of life and all those things come at them and block them from operating in the fullness of what God had them to operate, the second thing that they ran into were the questions of the church folk at the time. The spirit of religion brought itself in to cramp and to cripple the mustard seed faith that the disciples were supposed to use to deliver this kid. Does this making sense? So what do we do? What do we do to, you know, what do, what do we have to do with this thing? We have to decide in our lives that we are not going to let unbelief govern how much of the goodness of God we're actually walking in. It is up to us to decide how much of that gets in there. Let's go to, uh, uh, excuse me, y'all, I'm sorry. I'm still thinking about Michael Stanland sitting in Casey's lap. It just threw me way off. It threw me way off. Yeah, yeah, yep, 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 yep. Go uh, this time, uh, Charles, why don't you take us to uh, Mark chapter 4, 18 and 19. You have that one up? Yeah. So this is talking about the different, the seed, that the word of God is a seed and the different types of ground that seeds and the word of God can be sown upon. Now these are the ones sown upon, but this is one of the four that they talk about, talk about wayside, uh, stony ground, uh, thorny ground, and then good ground are the four that Jesus talks about in this area of the Bible. What I want to focus upon is the one that crimps us up more often than not. Very few of us are wayside. Some of us are wayside because we'll let just like as soon as we walk out the door, you know, and Greg don't say nothing to you, don't invite you to lunch, then you get all mad and upset and go home mad for the rest of the week. You with me? Very few of us do that because it just, you know, it's just wayside. It's like, what? The stony ground is that it it takes up root real quick and then it wears out over time because our hearts are real stony and it's real hard for that word to penetrate in that. And y'all are such sweet and beautiful people that I doubt that thing actually happens. If there is some crimping in our lives, especially for those of us that go to church on a regular basis and hear the word on a regular basis and actually put our hands to doing the church deal on a regular basis and working 
for the kingdom of God and working for Jesus and praying and, and reading our word, what, what really comes into play to stop us and stint it? It's this one. So let's take a look at this one. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. This is what we call the thorny ground. They are the ones who hear the word and then what? The cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire of other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So if we were to talk about a situation we find ourselves in, we find ourselves right here in the thorny ground. The thorny ground where the cares of the world, deceitfulness and wanting other things, and seeking after other things besides God, creep in and begin to choke that word. And it chokes that word with unbelief. It chokes it right out. Now, uh, Charles, take us back to Mark chapter 9. I'm sorry to do so much word stuff, but I just, I just want y'all to see this instead of just telling you. Does that make sense? And I'm jumping all over my, you know, I got notes for days, and I'm kind of jumping all around, and I'm not going in a progressive order. Wasn't it Mark chapter 9 there, Charles? Yeah, uh, go towards the, keep going. Go, 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 go. Go. Like, like towards the end, the last couple of scriptures. Keep going. Yeah, okay, all right, right there, right there. And when he come into the house, the disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we cast it out? And we've already talked about that because Jesus said next. He said, he said to them, this kind, no, the one before. And when he had come into the house, the disciples, you know, why could we not cast it out? It was because of their unbelief. We had already gone over that. And then Jesus said, this kind, in the next verse, could come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Now for years, years, I believed that whenever Jesus said this kind can only come out by prayer and fasting, I believed to be the demon that was in that boy. That's what I believed this to be. Because Jesus said this kind could come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. All right, but it, let's go back, Charles, back up. Are y'all following me here? Is it... Keep going. Keep going. Oh no, I'm in the wrong one. We, get to, we need to go. We need to go to. Excuse me. Go back to, to Matthew 17. I'm sorry, y'all. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Have you ever seen anybody mess up before? Yeah, 17. There we go. All right, let's move on to 15. Yeah, I want to go to 20. All right, so Jesus said to him, why couldn't we cast it out? Jesus said, because of my, your unbelief, right? So we already got that. Have mustard seed faith, nothing be impossible for you. Give them 21. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. This is in both places. And I always thought, like I said, that the kind he was talking about was the demon that was taking the boy. But let's back up and get the gist and the subject matter that Jesus is talking about. Back up to verse 20. Uh, let, let's do 19. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? Why couldn't we cast it out? And Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. He immediately took the subject to unbelief. 
So Jesus is now talking about unbelief. He's not talking about a demon. He's not talking about trying to deliver. He is talking about why it didn't work for the disciples. And by the way, disciples, it's because of your unbelief. And he said, but if you'll have the faith of the mustard seed, you can move a mountain from here to there and nothing, nothing will be impossible for you. But in verse 21, he says, however, this kind does not go out besides prayer and fasting. This kind that Jesus was talking about was that kind of unbelief. That's right. That's right. Unbelief is what Jesus was saying you remove with prayer and fasting. Because we know that the name of Jesus is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, all demons must flee and do what they're supposed to do. They bow down to Jesus' name. We've been given authority. Whatever's bound on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever is loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. We've been given authority in this area to say that that demon has to move in the name of Jesus. So my prayer and fasting is not to make me more powerful with the name of Jesus. You cannot increase the power of Jesus' name. We don't have the capability of making him any more stronger than what he is, nor do we have the capability of making the cross and the death, burial, and resurrection, the gospel of Jesus Christ, any more powerful than it already is. So the prayer and fasting is not there to change the demon or to change God. It's to change you. Get that kind out of you so that God's power will work in your life. Prayer and fasting. Why? Because you've got to cut yourself off from the world. You have to cut yourself off from everything that's holding you back. The Bible says that, that we run a race and, and, and that beset us and hold us back. As long as we let that happen, his power's not going to flow. You're not going to see the miracle you're expecting. You're not going to see the healing that you're expecting. You're, your finances are going to You're too busy on Instagram. You're too busy into other things. You. And that must that can move a mountain, can't do anything because or allowing the cares of this world to creep it up. This kind, prayer and fasting, what does it do? Fasting cuts things off. It gets it out of you. It gets it away from you. Then what does this prayer do? The prayer puts God back in there and fertilizes that mustard seed. When you remove anything, got to put something back in there. We all know the story. When you go to removing stuff, it'll come back sevenfold if you don't put something back in there. If you, don't, if you don't put that prayer back in there, if you don't put the Word of God back in there, it will come back seven times stronger than what it was the time before. You just think it was in a bind. It'll come back and it'll squeeze that seed and hold that seed, that little bit of mustard seed. I mean, it's just, it's amazing about it. The mustard seed faith is so small, just a little bit will move a mountain. We don't have to work that hard. Jesus even said, my, my, my burden is light and my, my, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That that labor that we have is light and easy. You have to keep it simple. 
that mustard seed faith will move a mountain. And I'm not gonna say that it shouldn't grow, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't learn more about faith and that you shouldn't exercise your faith. What I am saying, though, is that 99% of the time, the problem is you. You, me, we have allowed things of this world to bring unbelief into our lives. Lord, I believe, but you gotta help me with unbelief. You gotta help me with my unbelief. And he tells the disciples exactly how to do it. You get over into prayer and the fasting. Check this one out, and then we'll go. Y'all okay? Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 there. Charles, you got that one? Yeah. How do I do this thing, Greg? What do I do? Here it is, right here. Casting down arguments. King James says imaginations. The Greek word is reasonings. We reason things out. We reason things out. You get a symptom in your body. You're going to go on the Google and ask the Google what's wrong with you, and it's going to give you 20 different diseases that attach to that symptom. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And like Paul said, all it does is scare you. You question and reason out whether or not God can do it. And not only can he do it, will he do it for me? Oh, I know he can. I still don't know he's going to do it for me. Is it just me or is it anybody else in here that that's dealt with? But we cast down these thoughts, these reasons, these imaginations. Our brains are an amazing, amazing organ. Inside that thing, we have the capability. Uh, I don't want you to pull it up, but Paul, Paul mentioned it this morning. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. You did say that this morning, didn't you? Well, you said something that sounded like that. Yeah. <laughs> Just go ahead and get, just go with me here. Don't embarrass me in front of everybody. I mean, come on, help a brother out, you know? Just say, yeah. It does say the same thing on every page. You're right, you're right. <laughs> Ephesians 3.20 that Paul did not say anything about this morning says that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now, first of all, that power that works in you is that power to keep the unbelief out. Not the power to move anything, because that's mustard seed faith, and that thing's pretty simple and easy to get done. The power that works in you is the power to allow more or less of the world in. How much of the world are you going to let in, and how much of the world are you going to keep out? But our brains are made in such a way that God wants us to think beyond where we are and what's going on with us to imagine ideas to get an image into us that he could fulfill in our lives just simply because we think about it able to do exceedingly abundantly above what you can ask or think. Your brain can create all types of situations for God to work things out in your life and he could do something beyond that. Your brain could come up with all, I mean, we, we, he blessed us with imagination. He blessed us with imagination so that our faith would work better. He wanted us to be able to extend ourselves beyond the box that we live in every day. 
He wants us to think that way. He wants us to talk that way. He wants us to act as if that is the kind of God that we serve so that he can now bless. He can show out. He can show the world that, hey, that's one of my people right there. Look at them just getting it on everywhere they go. Are you with me? That's the kind of situation that he wants to build for us. So he created our brains, but we use our brains more often than not to create a situation. It won't work out. The what ifs and the could be's and the man what abouts. Or is it just me? Is it just me? But what are we supposed to do with those imaginations, those reasonings, those thoughts that we have that look like it ain't gonna work out? What are we supposed to do with them? Cast them down. Cast those down and every high thing that tries to exhaust itself against the knowledge of God. This Bible is God's knowledge and anything that's beyond or past this is wrong all day long. It's wrong. I'm sorry, I don't care what a politician says. I don't care what the law says. I don't care what anybody says. If it's breaking this thing, it's wrong all day long. It is wrong. That it results itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought, even the good ones, into captivity. <laughs> Obedience of this thing right here. If it don't line up with this thing right here, we ought not be thinking on it. Because he's created our minds to imagine beyond what our situation is. And if you're not careful, you might create a situation that doesn't exist yet that's even worse than the one you're in. Casting down imaginations. And like, and like Jesus taught the disciples, when you do that, when you go into that space of fasting, when you go into that place where you fasted yourself, and I'm not talking about food. If you want to put food down, fine. Food. I'm talking about fasting something that has your attention. Where is your attention? If it's not on God, whatever it is, get that cut off for a few days and let's see what happens. And then we cut that thing off, allowing that, that vine to die, giving it time to die and get off of us and get away from us and replace it with prayer and with the Word of God. And now through our prayer and our Word of God, we see this. We see when this, wherever the Scripture went, we see when it happens. We notice those arguments, those reasonings, those imaginations that don't line up with what Jesus wants for us, that don't line up with what the, the knowledge of God tells us. We notice those things. We see them. We take them into captivity and say, no, I'm not having that. The Word says this. The Word says that I can be blessed. The Word says that by His stripes I've been healed. The Word says that I can have peace in this life. The Word says that He will do exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask according to the power that works in me. That's what the Word says. And it doesn't matter what the circumstance says. And that next thing you know, the thorn is gone. They're moved out. And your mustard seed faith goes to work. Amen. Amen. Saul, so stand. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity.